I'm enough at last. Submitted for your consideration to sci-fi fans, Sean Majors and Keith Conrad, rewatch The Twilight Zone from beginning to end. It's like something out of that Twilighty show about that zone. The prostrate form of Mr. David Ellington, scholar, seeker of truth, and regrettably finder of truth. A man who will shortly arise from his exhaustion to confront a problem that has tormented mankind since the beginning of time. A man who knocked on a door seeking sanctuary and found instead the outer edges of the Twilight Zone. Episode number 41 of the Twilight Zone was The Howling Man. And here we go. The the story of David Ellington, Duke Ellington's cousin. Uh, the story is, uh, it's, it's a flashback. Uh, really, the whole episode is one giant flashback uh, to uh, by, by David Ellington. And he's, he's talking about going uh, on a walking trip through Europe uh, after World War One. And um, I, I don't know if this jumped out at you, Sean, but um, who goes on a walking trip? Like, like what is that? <laughs> In like the dark and the rain. Yeah, I mean, you know, geez, if you're, if you're going on a, a walking trip and it's not like, you know, it's not a vineyard in Northern Virginia, right? Then. Exactly. Um, you kind of deserve to like get the hantavirus and die because, <laughs> or to meet the howling man. Yeah. Why are you just walking around? Like I, I know a lot of people backpack through Europe, but um, you know that 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 doesn't doesn't sound the same. I, I, I'm at no, what Mr. All. Ellington was trying to accomplish there. <laughs> uh, one thing that's worth pointing out, at least to me, uh, David Ellington reminds me of Carl Lancer from, from Judgment Night. Oh, yeah, sure. Uh, that I think that we probably could have told the story in about 15 minutes instead of uh, 22 minutes. <laughs> There's a lot of there's a lot of back and forth. Um, it's the only thing that I think slows this, like the slowing down of the episode is the only thing I don't like about it. Yeah, uh, and um, you know, especially early in the episode when there, I, I guess he's trying to demonstrate that he's sick. Uh, you know, he's talking very slowly. He repeats himself. He just kind of walks around in a daze and then falls over. I mean, li- literally, it's a scene that. It, it doesn't need to be there. Like he could have just collapsed at the front door and, and yeah. back to the same. Yeah. It's um, before we get into the plot and everything. Uh, I, I think we, we may have talked about our, our Mount Rushmore episodes mm-hmm. uh, before um, this, this, this isn't top four for me, but it's so unique and it's so different. It's such a departure from, um, you know, the the typical writing and the typical direction mm-hmm. of the previous, you know, 40 episodes. Um, it's it's, it's got to be a top 10 for me. I think so. And I for, for me, too. And I think that uh, you make a good point that, um, you know, like like this is definitely one of my favorites. And but it, it kind of. Uh, you know, Rod Serling voiceover aside, it doesn't doesn't really feel like a Twilight Zone. It feels more like an Outer Limits because, again, you know, it doesn't. Yeah, we, we've said this before, or at least I, I think we have that. You know, like in the Twilight Zone, you have kind of like, um, you know, good people sort of get their just rewards at the end, and and the the bad people, like uh, what's his name from last week's episode, 
uh, you know, they get what's what's coming to them. And this is this is more outer limits like in that it's just, hey, look at this really interesting, weird thing that happened. Yeah, it's uh, I mean, it's a fantastic episode. I just uh, it, it is a departure from Twilight. It, it, I, I, I've been I've always struggled to kind of like um, explain that to myself, why it doesn't feel so Twilight Zony. Um by the way, this aired on November 6th, 1960, which is a full year after episode six ran Escape Clause. Really? So so we are basically 13 months into the Twilight Zone. And the first season went 36 episodes, so they basically just took like two weeks off for Christmas, and then they were back at it. <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> uh, so not only was the first season really long, but the off season was really – Really cool. Ooh, actually, it looks like they took off um, the uh, only December eighteenth because what you need aired on Christmas Day, nineteen fifty nine. Wow! Can you imagine? Can you imagine? Like, assuming that you open presents in the morning, like open presents have like you know the usual weird two o'clock Christmas dinner, mm-hmm. and then and then like. Like snuggle up to your family, like uh, while well, what you need comes on on CBS. No, I absolutely could not imagine. <laughs> uh, you know, hey, and it, I guess it's not that far fetched since uh, we all you know gather around the TV to watch the the Twilight Zone marathon on New Year's Eve, which is just a couple weeks later. But you know, it, it it's uh, yeah, that's not something I would expect to happen. Yeah. Uh, so, so, uh, Duke's cousin, David Ellington, he's, um, he's at the, the hermitage. So apparently, um, Andrew, Andrew Jackson's house. Yes, absolutely. Uh, yeah, I, I thought it was in Germany. He says he was backpacking through Europe. Somehow he ends up at, at Andrew Jackson. <laughs> um, and he, he's told immediately that he has to leave, but then he starts hearing a, a wolf-like howling uh, coming from somewhere in the castle. And uh, and, and here's where, where I think the, the Brothers of Truth screwed up here, because I think if they had just leveled with the guy from the beginning and said, hey, listen, we've got the devil here, I, I'm not sure it would have worked out, but it probably would have stood a better chance than them just saying, no, you're not hearing howling. That's that's really all you have to say, or like um, you know, if it's actually the devil and uh, the balance of good and evil are at stake. I'm sorry, uh, like it's fine. He's he, he's a casualty. You got You got to murder Duke's cousin. Yeah, really. Could anybody blame them if they did? No, absolutely not. Yeah, I I, I think the you know the need. John Carradine, John Carradine really dropped the ball on this yeah. one. So I, I, I think, you know, you, you can say whatever you want about, uh, about uh, David uh, releasing this guy, uh, spoiler alert. But, um, <laughs> I mean, really, at, at the end of the day, it's the brothers of truth who are to blame here. Um, so he uh, – so Ellington, uh, eventually the, uh, the brothers of truth, um, Brother Jerome is the, uh, is the, the head, head guy there. Uh, eventually, he does level with him and has a little conversation explaining that he's the devil. All right, man. Listen, I haven't been completely honest with you. Yeah. Listen, I know I find <laughs> nobody here, but uh, actually, it turns out the devil's here. Um. Yeah. I, I, again, I'm not sure. It, I'm not sure it would have worked any better if they just leveled with him from the beginning. I mean, 
kind of woozy guy who for some reason decided to walk across Europe is uh, you know showing up at her door. I'm not immediately going to say, hey, uh, you can come in, but the devil's in the other room, so try to keep your distance. So I would uh, I would probably imagine you're more knowledgeable in World War One than I am. Um, this is only he is he's, he's he's backpacking. I like I like calling it backpacking. It sounds like a like a kooky road trip movie. Um, but he's backpacking in Central Europe, right? And the whole the whole plot of this is that. The devil came to Central Europe after World War One to corrupt the area. So, like, Seems like the bad guys in World War One, at least one of them was Germany. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I do understand that you know Germany was basically like left with all the blame in World War One and not like given absolutely no help to rebuild their country, mm-hmm. and uh, that led to a lot of you know, for way lack of a better term, um, bad feelings, which <laughs> gave to the rise of uh, fear mongering and Nazism and World War Two, etc. Right? Um, are we to suppose that the devil began all of that and gave rise to? Adolf Hitler was he in like young soldier Adolf Hitler's ear after World War One, or I just I just think like you know, or was the devil too late because World War One just ended? Uh so because they didn't call it World War One when the World War One was happening, <laughs> right? I I think the idea that they're that uh, they're trying to get across here is that uh, him releasing. Uh, the devil from the the brothers of truth is what would give rise to uh, everything that happened in Europe after that. So, so Duke Ellington's cousin David is responsible. For all of that. It's funny every time. Yeah. Uh, also, uh, brothers of getting at yeah. Brothers of truth um, is something like six year olds would call their like treehouse. It, it seems like it. Yeah. Find something better. Brothers of truth. Uh, Hyphen, no girls allowed. <laughs> That's perfect. Now I'm on board. <laughs> we'll meet at, we'll meet at the, uh, the mailbox. So, um, you know, Brother Jerome, when he's, uh, when he's, uh, he's, he's actually leveling with the guy, uh, says that the prisoner is not a man, but rather the devil himself. He's been locked in the room using the staff of truth to bar the door since shortly after World War One. So, I, my my guess is I, the the question is then okay, what was the devil doing before this? Was you know was he uh, was he did he cause World War One and then they locked him up for a while and that gives us the the interregnum and then uh, uh, you know suddenly after that we we get World War Two. I, I guess that's what they're going for. I suppose there's that, but there's there's the line where he talks about, you know, we've had we've had years of peace with only um, the things that mankind have done itself. Mm-hmm. So it's like, like hurricanes and. Uh, <laughs> so I guess I, I don't know. I'm this. It, 
the the podcast does not lend to a, a wider uh, philosophical conversation about free will. But um, yeah, there are some holes, whatever. But again, twenty two minute Twilight Zone episode. So I fantastic job. Still completely on board. Oh, I yeah, I I am. You know, like it's it's my. It's my bailiwick to poke holes in these, but but you know, as you're listening and you're hearing me uh, make snide remarks about it, just remember, I, I think it's brilliant. It's just you know, when you step back and look at it, there, there's some uh, some cracks emerge. So basically, I, I think uh, uh, you know, just uh, just sign yourself up for for 22 uh, entertaining minutes. And entertaining, perhaps uh, thought-provoking uh, minutes, and just sort of accepting it as, as its own little world, where you know t- t- some of these uh, some of these practical concerns we're discussing probably don't uh, don't matter. Would I? Um, maybe it's because I saw this episode around the same time that this episode of Saturday Night Live played, but. Uh, there's an episode <laughs> that Garth Brooks hosted in like the mid to late nineties. And, um, the musical guest was Garth Brooks as Chris Gaines, his alter ego at the time. Mm-hmm. And, um, there is a hilarious sketch where Will Ferrell plays the devil that Garth Brooks playing some, you know, out of work, uh, songwriter. So it's soul for the perfect song to the devil and the devil can't, He's just a horrible musician, but the way like the devil like moans and like his rock scream as Will Ferrell in that skit makes me want to see a reboot of this one episode with Will Ferrell as the Howling Man. Uh, so, who would play Ellington in your in your reboot? Uh, Ooh, it's got to be Duke Ellington's great great grace. <laughs> I, I think so. I think that, that makes the most sense. Actually, since Jordan Peele plays the voice of Duke Ellington in Netflix's Big Mouth, it's and this is the Twilight Zone. It's got to be Jordan Peele. Yeah, you know what? I I think you're right. I think I could see that uh, that happening. Let's get Jordan Peele on the show and why not? Him. Yeah. Uh, so Ellington, uh, you know, sort of acts all nice, but he's not, uh, clearly not convinced because basically he acts like he's asleep for about two minutes and then he's mm-hmm. out of his room and immediately lets the devil out of his, uh, his cell. And, and th- there's a couple things that are amusing to me. Like, first of all, like the door is actually like clearly locked with the, uh, the, the staff. O truth. um, it it seems like it's clearly not the most secure locking mechanism and like even uh even ellington is like wait a minute this is all that's keeping you in here and it seems like at that moment i would stop take a step back from the 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 cell door and be like could he be tell? Could Brother Jerome, in all his bearded glory, be telling me the truth? <laughs> I mean, if no matter how it looks, I understand that it's you know, um, if it's uh, if it's when when this episode aired, then it's 1960. If it's the years after World War One ended, then what? It's like 1919 or 1920, 19, let's say as late as 1924. Not my monkeys, not my circus. I am going to like get like a, a hot meal. I'm going to spend the night and then I'm going to like continue on my trudge down, uh, down central Europe because you know what? The 
battle between good and evil, between devil and God, between man and the supernatural is not one Sean Majors away from getting it resolved in a good way. It, it, All it, I can do is harm things. Yeah, I, I would 100% agree with you on that because it, it seems like uh, you'd want to err on the side of caution when you're told, you know, the devil is locked up, and and we're we're keeping uh, we're keeping all evil at bay right now. I you know what? It may seem hard to believe, but I I think I would take their word for it. I mean, imagine like the worst case scenario is that Brother Jerome is insane, which he is, um, and <laughs> he's keeping and torturing an old man in a cage. That's horrible. It's it's, it's reprehensible. It yeah. should never happen, etc. Um, I don't think we're gonna we're gonna find anybody that's pro torture on this show. However, um, back backpacking again through Central Europe in the in the waking years of post World War One Europe, he's probably seen a lot worse. Probably. Yeah. Move on, my man. Deal with it in the AM. Just move on. Yeah. I, I, again, you're you're a, a, a an American visiting, so you don't know how things yeah. are in Europe. Uh, and, and you're just, you know, you have no idea what's going on because you're all woozy from whatever illness you have. Yeah. Um, you know, the hantavirus or whatever you <laughs> have. Um, I think he had Belarus Madness. Let's call it Belarus Madness. I, I, I like that. Uh, by the way, I saw Belarus Madness play at Lollapalooza. <laughs> they fantastic. They were fantastic, yeah. man. Opened up for Chains Addiction. <laughs> they, they did. Yeah, it was, it was great. <laughs> um, so, you know, I, again, I probably, when I see the, the staff is all that's holding him in, I'm, I'm, I'm maybe going to take brother Jerome at his word and I don't know what's yeah. going on here. So I'm, I'm just going to leave it alone. I, you know, he li- listen, you know, who am I to interfere with the inner workings of a, of a castle in, in Europe? <laughs> I, I'm, I'm moving on. I'm continuing with my backpacking trip through Europe. Done, done. And you know what? That's why we survive these things. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but uh, Duke Ellington's cousin doesn't he, uh, immediately, uh, lifts up the staff of truth, and, and immediately after uh, he does so, the 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 devil sort of pushes the door open, and and uh, it's off to the races. And uh, now World War Two happens. I thought that that scene they actually did that very well for the time because it's like every kind of step that the Howling Man takes, he like turns more into the devil. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. Like anytime there's like a like a smoke bomb, I think it's cheesy, but I think they you know they they did a pretty good job. I I, I really really like this episode. So here's here's one thing that uh, that popped into my head, and, and you know I'm I'm getting like all conspiratorial here. Sure. I, I thought it was a little weird that this that uh, that uh, Mr. Ellington uh, he gets quote unquote sick of some you know undetermined uh, illness. Mm-hmm. Um, and just happens to stop at this castle. I'm thinking that the devil actually orchestrated all this and was like, you know, stealing his life force like Palpatine did with Padme. Um, yeah. And, and actually made this whole thing happen. I mean, it, it makes sense because, like, I think that <clears throat> um, Jerome talks about how, like, man's greatest weakness is the inability to recognize the devil mm-hmm. and maybe the devil sensed that not in jerome maybe he has a radar of like jerome like zero percent chance of letting me out 
but Duke Ellington's cousin, like eighty percent chance. Let's uh, let's get him a little sick with my mind uh, wavelengths, and uh, you know I can feel him a mile away, and then he'll have to find this castle, and then he'll uh, eventually let let me out. So after that, um, you know, Brother Jerome actually is is uh, you know surprisingly nice about it. You know, <laughs> I, I you know personally, me me I hold a grudge. Listen, I learned how to hold a grudge from Sean Hannity. So I know about <laughs> holding a grudge. And um, I, I would have like taken him and locked him in the in the uh, in, in the cell. You know, like, how do you- oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, but Brother Jerome is surprisingly gracious and basically just says, I feel bad for you because uh, you, you're going to know, you know that all yeah. is your fault. And uh, then, you know, we kind of dissolve to uh, the, the quote unquote present day. And uh, um, I, I, I'm not sure if he's supposed to be at home or if it's a hotel. But anyway, he's got this uh, – he's talking to this maid sounding absolutely crazy. And he tells her, you know, whatever you do, he may howl a little bit, but don't let him out of this room. Yeah. And uh, then, you know, in the, in the last scene, she, she does. My question is, okay, so if you had him locked in the room, like what do you – you, you kind of – Got to just keep him in that room, right? Because if you do anything to let him out, he's going to escape. <laughs> a, how did he? How did he get him in the room? Right. Yeah. Um, did he just leave like a trail of like chocolates and then like a cardboard box with a stick propping it up, um, with the staff propping it up? Yeah. Um, or and B, how does he intend to transport him from there to the castle? Yeah, I that that um, yeah, I I, I think. Once you've done that, I think you basically own the devil. Like, yeah, pretty much. It's just up to you at the at that point. You, you, so is the is is the implication that the devil, because he was let out by Duke Ellington's cousin, um, caused World War II and like gave us the idea of nuclear weapons? Uh, I think that's clearly what they're uh, what they're what they're going for. So it's all Duke Ellington's cousin's fault. And we're, and we're um, you know, what, 15 years removed from Hiroshima and Nagasaki where, uh, I mean, we're in the thick of the, of you know, everything that's happening between the U.S. and Russia. So, I mean, again, it's a very, it's a very timely, you know, what's, what's going on? What are the deepest fears? What are the deepest everyday fears of something that could actually happen? Um, today it's, it's like a, it's like a crime procedural that's, you know, every single thing is about terrorism and has been for 20 years now. Yeah. My, my favorite thing is the fact that, um, uh, he has like a little miniature staff of truth that he's using to lock the door. Oh, I didn't see that. I didn't even recognize that. I've never noticed that. <laughs> oh, I gotta watch the episode again. <laughs> what did he do? Did he talk to Brother Jerome and he's like, "Listen, I'm gonna catch the devil. So if I do, I'm going to need five different sizes of the staff of truth, just depending on what sort of door I happen to be working with." I mean, what if the devil the devil jumps into a gerbil? Yeah, exactly. So, so you need an even smaller one. And you know, like, does it, does it have to be like like blessed by Brother Jerome to be an actual staff of truth, or if you just make it in that shape, is it is it going to be okay? 
you know. I wonder if it was the staff that turned into a snake in the Bible. I I, I think it was. They they looked a lot alike. And uh, uh, final, final one last question for this uh, for this episode, Sean. Uh, do you think that the the Brothers of Truth, when they join their issued uniforms, uh, do, they have to pick, do they have to run to the Halloween store and pick up their own Moses costume? I think so. I think so. <laughs> but that's how they keep costs down. Yeah. Ancient folks say, you can catch the devil, but you can't hold him long. Ask Brother Jerome. Ask David Ellington. They know, and they'll go on knowing to the end of their days and beyond in the twilight zone. Gabatron?